Hello and welcome back to Podcast from the Edge with me, Peter Bruce. I hope you're well and not too cold. As fairly recent arrivals to the Western Cape, I can confirm that the weather down here from June to December is enough to make you run screaming back for Johannesburg. It's unbelievably cold and windy and wet. Uh, that's so much for complaint. There's still a lot, uh, actually, for South Africans to be grateful about. Uh, ESCOM is suddenly performing better. There's less load shedding. Quite why depends on who you ask, naturally. New ESCOM chairman Paul Makwana claims it's because of management changes at ESCOM. Though without a CEO, you have to wonder how a non-executive chairman would know that. Others say the improvement is temporary. The bad weather is increasing available wind power, and not only are ESCOM's power stations traditionally more efficient in the cold, the utility also traditionally takes less plant off for routine maintenance during winter. We'll just have to wait and see. In the meantime, we're able to digest the news, or possibly spin, coming out of the Ramaphosa presidency since a meeting with uh, senior private sector chief executives last week. Been interesting. CEOs have been largely silent about the experience, but enough detail has emerged uh, through leaks, probably from the government side, to the effect that the president has been careful to frame the discussions. Uh, it wasn't a case of business assisting the government, the Sunday Times reported uh, the presidency suggesting, but rather that they were working together to solve problems. This is a classic Ramaphosa weakness. He cannot concede that the people, the ministers, the state-owned company CEOs he gives political power to may not always be capable of wielding it efficiently, if at all. And he made a big thing of restoring trust between the state and business after former ESCOM CEO Andre de Reuter's privately funded investigation into corruption at ESCOM. It's also typical of Ramaphosa to try and put people on the back foot before you ask them for help. Back in the mid-80s, the journalist Anton Haber invited Ramaphosa and Harry Oppenheimer to have a public debate at the Market Theatre in Johannesburg. Um, I read an account of it uh, in the uh, Oppenheimer uh, biography, which is published recently, written by Michael Carter. And he reminds us that... Uh, uh, the, the idea, Harbour's idea had been for a sort of, you know, gentle debate about the future of the country. Um, and uh, he invited Cyril to speak first, and Ramaphosa got up and launched into an absolute tirade of invective and ac accusation at Oppenheimer um, and sort of sat down. There was a stunned silence. I'm not sure who was in the audience. I know I, don't, I wasn't. Um, and Oppenheimer got up and had to politely reply to, to him. Of course, it was Oppenheimer who repaid uh, Cyril for this and other things by making him a, a multi-millionaire, a billionaire, uh, through black empowerment deals with Anglo-American companies later on, a decade later. But never mind the mountains of evidence the Rater has of uh, police and his political bosses being told of what was happening at ESCOM and of ignoring it. The SIU... Uh, is now investigating the Derater investigation, a ludicrous space of time when you consider that even the new electricity minister, Khotsien Soramakhopa, is complaining of corruption almost word for word in the same way Derater was. 
It's hard to know what to make of Ramaphosa's partnership with business. He claims the partnership worked during COVID, but I frankly can't remember it. The state was absolutely useless at building emergency hospitals, except for in the Western Cape where they don't run. And in the Eastern Cape, the state may actually have contributed to the death toll, so slovenly were its facilities. He says the vaccination program, you remember, the one that came, we came so late to, uh, and his partnership with the private sector then consisted mainly of Discovery CEO Adrian Gore driving a huge vaccination rollout at Discovery Points and gymnasiums. But perhaps this is just the way. We pretend to be in a partnership and the ANC gets to look vaguely less than completely incompetent. Even now, though it's impossible to know who and where, uh, private sector funding is getting experienced engineers into Eskom plant to stop them breaking. Business put 100 million rand at Ramaphosa's disposal just a few months ago to do that, to hire people to fix things. Perhaps it's actually working. Not that the private sector will get any recognition. In fact, Gore, probably the most original and resourceful business figure of our time, is under constant pressure from the same government he is partnering with as it trudges towards implementing its draft national health insurance plans, which will reduce the role of medical aids like Discovery to a shadow of what they once were or are today. It's strange to me that while business sits down and allows Ramaphosa to push it around, it seems to or apparently asks for nothing in return. No slowdown on the NHI. Private partners in Durban and Cooker ports to make them more efficient for miners and manufacturing exporters, but nothing for Cape Town and the farmers who export through it. Cape Town is, of course, not a province run by the ANC. In addition to energy, the meetings last week added two work streams to the partnership, transport and crime and corruption. Remgrow CEO Yanni Durant, another real giant in our business life, is hitting a crime and corruption work stream. And the Sunday Times uh, said he would help the National Prosecuting Authority, the NPA, identify five high-profile state capture suspects and successfully prosecute them before the end of the year. It's fantastic. Sitting near or opposite Durant during the actual meeting would have been potentially one of those very five. Mineral Resources and Energy Minister Gwede Mantasha, who, um, in his report on state capture, Chief Justice Raymond Zondo said of, uh, should, be, should be investigated in terms of the Prevention and Combating of Corrupt Activities Act, PRECA. He said there was, quote, reasonable suspicion, unquote, that Mantasha received free installations of security equipment for his homes, knowing that this was done, to seek through him influence in terms of the departments that Borsasa did or sought to do business with. Uh, quote, in the circumstances, said Sondo, quote again, there is a reasonable prospect that further investigation will uncover a prima, prima facie case against Mr. Mantasha in respect of the offence of corruption in terms of Section 23 of PRECA, and the matter is referred for investigation accordingly. Well, I don't know whether the matter is being investigated. The last I heard, uh, Mantasha was taking legal action against Sondo, but there seems to be nothing that I can find um, in the reports or the literature that would stop the NPA or the Independent Directorate uh, investigating him, and perhaps... Um, Yanni Durant might make that happen.
Maybe that's asking too much. One understands why business is obliged to attend to Ramaphosa in this way. The government's abject failure to keep even the most basic services going leaves companies little choice but to find a way to help, even if on the way they end up making the government look better than it is. Business needs electricity. It needs working railways. It needs roads. It needs ports to function. It needs clean water. In a way, you could argue that what is happening is business finally getting its way. Or even better, depending on your ideology, government finally getting out of the way. Maybe calling a government, or the government, a partner while you do its job for them is a price worth paying. It doesn't cost much to put your tongue in your cheek. CEOs, after all, answer to shareholders and stakeholders. What they do to keep their share prices buoyant is pretty much irrelevant, provided it isn't illegal or disgusting. But business also needs to understand, and I'm sure it does, that everything it gets right now, the government and the ANC will take credit for in the campaign ahead of the elections next year. And if it sneaks back into power with a parliamentary majority, today's partnerships will be forgotten until they are inevitably needed again. There has to be a way to hardwire reform into some of the things business is being asked to do. Yes, the private sector can now generate as much electricity as it wants to, but other reforms are terribly slow and tentative. Concessioning the railway line from Johannesburg to the port in Durban is desperately needed but painfully slow, and so terribly, terribly unambitious. The current putative concession is for 20 years. It's hardly, it's hardly any time at all. Is there enough money to do a decent 20-year deal? Make it 30 or 40 years, and that line would be awash with money. But the management of Transnet is painfully hesitant about, and possibly even hostile to, the very thought. And why is Cape Town Port not being concessioned, as are Durban and Kuka, as I said earlier? In a few years' time, perhaps ahead of the 2029 election, we'll be back at the partnership table talking about help this time with bulk water supply and municipal reticulation. Now, why not start now before it's too late and there's cholera everywhere? Or perhaps there's nothing to be done but just wait for crises, crises as they pop up. People have been warning about the railway system forever. If business has anything to do with the reduction in load shedding of the past two weeks, we should be quietly grateful. But there's a lot to fix and little evidence the government can fix it on its own. Perhaps the right thing to do is to encourage business in its partnership with the state, but at the same time, encourage it to be wary of the Stockholm Syndrome. You know, the thing where as a hostage you begin to sympathise with your kidnappers. By all means, give the ANC government of your precious time. But as the election approaches, give the opposition something better. Your money. The ANC is financed by thousands of corrupt tenders and third-party deals and as well as by a nuclear superpower, Russia. The opposition, you pick your party, needs all the help it can get getting the ANC vote well down below 50% next year. Your donations, your generous, your generous donations will help, and I hope you do give generously. Oh, well, that's it from me, again for another week. I so hope it gets warmer. I look forward to meeting you here again next week. Until then, please keep safe. Bye-bye.